You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A, sponsored by Blueprint MCADs. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. What, what can I help you with? So I come from an Asian American background. Um, I'm Indian. And so I know that you usually say that there's no such thing as, you know, overrepresented majority in medicine. Um, But, you know, all these pre-med forums have sort of scared me a little bit. Um, And my GPA just doesn't feel like it is where it needs to be um, just based on my background and applying this upcoming cycle. Um, so I kind of just wanted to to know if I'm ready to apply, do I need to do a post back? Where am I at? Okay. So what's your GPA? So right now my cumulative GPA is a 3.65. Okay. Um, and that's overall. And then my BCPM is a 3.44. Okay. And what do the trends look like in that? Yeah. So, um, so I started off as at like a 3.3 sort of uh, sophomore, junior year, 3.6, and then senior year, where I currently am right now, I've gotten up to a 3.96, so very close to a 4.0. And I transferred colleges in between that, so I had a little bit of difficulty, which is why I didn't have sort of that steady upward trend. It sort of stayed constant sophomore and junior year, Um, but that's where I'm sort of at at the moment. Okay, and what about your your science trend? What does that look like? Yeah, so... um, Freshman year was a 3.2, sophomore was a 3.4, uh, junior year took a little bit of a dip, 3.1, and then this upcoming um, year is a 3.9. Okay, so solid finish. The question's going to be for the admissions committee, who are you? <laughs> Which one of these four years are you? Are you the 3.9 student? Are you the 3.1 student? Are you the 3.4 student? And because you don't have a consistent upward trend, they're not really going to have an answer to that, right? You haven't proven that you're a consistent 3.9 student, that you're a consistent 3.1 student. You're kind of all over the place. And so you're the perfect student potentially that would benefit most likely from doing some more coursework and proving that you are the 3.9 student, like this is who I am, or Mm -hmm. the 3.8 student, whatever it is that you end up at, you most likely would benefit from having some more coursework to show that consistent upward trend. You don't have that yet. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so- And, 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 And that's factored into, that has nothing to do with ethnicity, nationality, whatever, right? I don't know. I, I don't even know why you let off with being an ORM student in, in your words, right? Yeah. Uh, ORM, as as a lot of people are going to read in my new, my new book, the application process book, is I have some definitions in there. URM being underrepresented in medicine, in medicine or underrepresented minority. And then ORM, which is this kind of fake uh, made up pre-med thing of like, oh, I'm, I'm white. And so I have to, I'm, I'm disadvantaged. Right. And, and it's just not a thing. Um, and so I don't even know why you let off with that, but your GPA, regardless of anything else has shown that you're not consistent enough for 
a, a medical school to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Right? If, you're, if your overall science GPA was a 3.7, it wouldn't be a concern, right? A 3.7 is solid. There's no question mark there. Being a 3.4 if it was a 2.5, a 3.0, 4.0, then potentially there's like, look, you, you've had two years at a 4.0, you're fine with an upward trend, mm-hmm. but you're not there yet. Yeah. Um, so I guess my next question is, so where, if at all, does the MCAT uh, factor into showing medical schools that I am capable of medical school level coursework and that sort of difficulty. It doesn't. doesn't. The the MCAT shows that you can do well on the MCAT. And the AAMC has some data out there that that tries to correlate the MCAT with USMLE. And there's some some other people out there, very weak correlation to USMLE performance. USMLE is going past fail. So big picture, it doesn't matter anymore that there's some correlation between MCAT and USMLE. But, Mm -hmm. but, don't try to use the MCAT as a counter to having a lower GPA. It's just, it doesn't work that way. Right? Mm-hmm. There's no sliding scale that says, if you have a 3.4, you must have a 515 and we don't care about your 3.4 anymore. It just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. When, when you think about how medical schools oftentimes, oftentimes use rubrics, they'll correlate uh, a... 3.0 to a 3.2 GPA with five points to the rubric, and then a 3.2 to a 3.5 with seven points to the rubric, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And then they do the same thing with the MCAT. They'll say, hey, 500 to a 505 is five points, 505 to 510 is 10 points, 515, whatever, right? And so at the end of the day, the answer is a higher MCAT score always helps. And a mm-hmm. higher GPA always helps. There's no such thing as a higher MCAT score helps a lower GPA. It's just a higher MCAT score helps, period. Yeah, got it. Okay. So I guess with the, um, you mentioned that I would be a good candidate for, you know, some extra coursework. You know, I was like set on applying this cycle. Um, so given given the information you've provided, do you think it's still wise to apply and perhaps take some coursework in the meantime? Um, and then, you know, I know not all schools allow updates, but to potentially send updates to schools and let them know where I'm at academically. Yeah, it, it's it's really a personal decision for you. If you choose to apply this cycle, it'll be with your GPA right now. And that's the GPA that you'll have to just assume is going to be the GPA that schools are going to make their decisions based off of. And are you a student who, number one, can afford applying this cycle knowing that your GPA hasn't really proven anything yet with potentially the need to continue to take classes throughout the application cycle Come to the end of this current application cycle and let's just assume you don't get in, right? Let's hope you get in, but let's assume you don't get in. And then you'll need to reapply, right? And you'll have to redo your personal statement, redo your extracurriculars, have some differences in your activity section to show growth. Obviously, the cost, the, the finances to apply again, or 
would you rather just take the classes you need, take the time to prepare for the MCAT, all of your essays, all that stuff without rushing? It's two different options. I personally would would just wait to apply, then apply with with a weaker application, knowing that I'm actively working on improving my application in the middle of an application. Got it. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. So um, I guess in terms of doing uh, extra coursework, you know, how many hours based on, I don't know if there's sort of like a guideline or if it's person to person of like how many courses, how many credits um, would be sufficient. My my colleague, uh, Dr. Scott Wright, who's a former director of admissions at UT Southwestern on our Ask the Dean uh, series that we do on YouTube called uh, at mapped.tv. He mentions 45 credit hours, right? 45 credit hours of a solid upward trend. Now that that doesn't mean 45 credit hours of a post back. That just means 45 hours of an upward trend. And so your last year is part of that. How many credit hours is your last year? I think it's about, actually, I think it should be about, it's usually the standard because I took- 24, 26, something like like that, right? Yeah, it's like 24 to 28, I would say. Yeah, and so add another year onto that, about the same credit hours, and there's your your 45-ish hours of having a solid upward trend. Got it. Okay. And in terms of like my experiences and things like that, I mean, I have some good clinical hours. Just I'm just trying to gauge where I'm at, um, you know, beyond my academics. Because I know you also do say that like stats aren't the whole picture, yep. that it's, you know, your story also matters. Yep. Um, so where do you think that factors in for me? Do you like if I do end up going the path of, you know, applying this cycle? And, um, and using sort of my story and, you know, the holistic part of my application to really show who I am, um, you know, beyond my stats and, um, just that sort of thing. Do you, do you think that medical schools will potentially, I I wouldn't want to say look past, but I guess understand the story of, I, I transferred from a college that I truly was not happy at. And that sort of reflected in my grades and I transferred to the new university that I'm now at. And that's sort of where that um, science GPA took a downtick. Yep. And so if I'm able to explain that, is that something that could create, you know, a, a more vivid picture of what these numbers are trying to represent? Potentially. But when I say that your story matters and and grades aren't everything, that's always predicated with you still have to show that you're academically capable of doing well in medical school. Mm-hmm. And so a student could have a 3.2 GPA as a final number, which most students only talk about and, and, and discuss and see, but that 3.2 could include 60 hours at a 4.0. And that student has proven academically they can handle medical school. And so you can't explain away a low GPA if you still haven't proven you can handle medical school. And that's where the question is for you because you're kind of up and down every year. I don't know who you are. Are you the good student? Are you the bad student? 
and the bad student is like 3.1. That's not bad. Um, uh, although your first year, I think, was a little bit worse. But the it, it I I still can't grasp onto which student are you. And so there's always going to be some hesitation. Even if you have the best extracurricular activities, even if you have the best MCAT score, there's still going to be a little bit of hesitation around are you academically ready for medical school? Mm-hmm. So that that's that's always the juggling act that we have to do when we're kind of deciding and saying, hey, like you should go ahead and apply. I think you're ready. I think you've you've proven it. Uh, even though your number is lower than than normal or average or whatever, I, I think medical schools are going to be perfectly fine with that. And yours, even though you have a 3.4-ish science GPA, which in, in all accounts is relatively good, I mean, it's not outstanding, mm-hmm. but it, there's, this, there's this weird kind of up and down fluctuation that, that just gives me a little bit of hesitation. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. like, and, and look, you could apply and schools will see that and go, look, you finished awesome with a strong upward trend at a 3.9 we don't have any, any issues that that could be enough for some schools. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. So once again, just want to preface this with like, I'm not trying to explain away this. I'm just trying to see like sort of all the different options that I could potentially have. Um, cause you know, I don't really know what medical schools think on their ends of things, but, um, that 3.1 did come during the pandemic, mm-hmm. um, which was a tumultuous time for, I think, most, if not all students. Um, do you think medical schools are taking into account that spring 2020 semester where there might be some, you know, crazy fluctuations or they're sort of just looking at the number? They're just going to look at that number. It's, it's too much brain power to, to make, well, this happened and this happened. And what was your specific situation? And let me go look at your COVID essay and let me go, there's just, it's, it's too much work. And a lot of students, honestly, switch to pass fail that cycle. So, or that semester. So uh, a lot of students aren't going to have the worst GPAs that semester because they switched to pass fail. Either they were forced to, or they were given the option, whatever that looks like. And so again, I, I think the 3.1 combined with right big picture combined with the, the struggle freshman year, some 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 increases sophomore senior year they're still like who are you i I still don't know yeah no that makes a lot of sense yeah i guess i didn't see it in that way until like i sort of put the numbers down on paper that it is kind of all over the place um okay so yeah i think i think i might just have to take some time then and uh figure out I really, the thing is, it's like, I really want to apply. This of course, cycle. everyone wants I, to apply this cycle. Of course. Why I, would you want to wait? Oh, so a whole nother year. It's so long. Yeah. I know. No, it's not I, that it's, long. It's, yeah, no, uh, of course. It's definitely not about like how long it's going to take me to finish the journey or anything like that. I think it's just more so like I've been preparing everything um, to be ready for, you know, the, the cycle open today. Um, so, you know. I, I just opened my application right before talking to you. And so 
I think I'm I'm just trying to figure out emotionally and you know every other way like how I should go about this. Yeah. Um, so so think about this. There there is the fallacy of sunk costs. Have you heard of this? Yes. So, so the fallacy of sunk costs for those watching or listening who don't know this is you you are so invested into something that even though you know you should stop doing it, you're like, well, I've already spent. X amount of time doing this, or I've already spent X amount of dollars doing something. So I might as well see it through. And a lot of students get trapped in this fallacy of sunk costs. They said, well, I've already opened up my application for this year. I've already written my personal statement. I've already asked for letters of recommendations. What is that going to look like if I then say, oh, actually, never mind. I'm not applying this cycle. What are my parents going to think? What are my friends going to think? And, And you get down so far down the rabbit hole that there's no turning back in your mind. And then again, what you're doing is you're putting a half effort, efforted (laughs) uh, application in. Knowing that like, I probably should take some more classes to have this continued upward trend, all right? Yeah. In my mind, it's it's just a waste. And, And this is why we have so many students not getting into medical school every year, right? 41% acceptance rate for AMCAS because a lot of students apply with a half complete application saying, yeah. oh, well, it's, it's good enough. I might as well just try, right? I, I know I should do a master's, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit an application anyway, just to see. So yeah. many students do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've been following your advice for quite some time now. So I think it would be... <laughs> Don't stop now. <laughs> yeah. It would, now would probably not be the time to stop. Yeah. It's it's hard, um, right? And and even even in my in my gut, it's it's not a solid like you should most definitely not apply this cycle and, and take more classes. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm pretty, pretty like certain of it, even though I'm not... Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. Yeah. I think, I think that's all I had. Um, just sort of wanted to see where I'm at. Uh, glad I got your input. You know, it's very much valued. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, I, I will potentially take some extra classes then and work my way through everything from there, I guess. (laughs) All right. Well, good luck. Whatever you choose to do, listen to me, not listen to me. I don't care. Do do what you feel is right and, and good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. If you want a podcast dedicated to everything pre-med, go check out The Pre-Med Years at medicalschoolhq.net.